Welcome to ER Debrief Podcast. A recap podcast where two emergency nurses watch and discuss the Emmy award-winning show ER. We're excited to watch the show with all of you, so grab a drink, coffee and wine are acceptable options, and let's get started. Please pause for an important directive from Dr. Morgenstern, Chief of Surgery at County General Hospital. This episode contains heavy themes and serious content. Listener discretion is advised. All stories shared in this podcast have been altered to protect the identity of our patients and colleagues. Any perceived medical advice from the show should not be used for real-life medical concerns. Always consult your personal physician before proceeding with any new practice or treatment. This podcast will include spoilers for the episodes we are discussing, but there will not be any future episode spoilers. Thank you. Welcome back. Happy Monday. I'm sure you're really excited to get the week started. Yeah, we're back here to record episode three here. Uh, hey, Julie, how's it going? <laughs> Hi! <laughs> Good. How is Good. your weekend or week? How's your week been going? Good. Um, I just came off of four days stretch, two days, two nights. Like our department has been super calm lately because everyone's staying home, which is what they should be doing. Yeah. Anxiety is pretty high amongst everybody that we're working with. I think everyone's emotions are just always at a heightened level. The, <laughs> the other day I got a notice in the mail from my, from AMA okay. about my car insurance and I forgot to renew it and Uh-oh. it's due at the end of, uh, it's due in March at the end of every March each year. And, okay. and I totally forgot about it because of everything that's been going on. And so I got the notice in the mail and I was like, oh crap. And luckily right now I'm living with my parents. So I was able to borrow their car. So that was fine. Oh, but, no. <laughs> but then I, so I was like, maybe they'll make an exception for me. And they'll like, because I'm working and I'm an essential service or whatever, they'll make an, uh, an exception for me because I have to go to work. So I called them and I was like, this is the situation. He's like, well, unfortunately, because it's past the due date, you can't, we can't even, I can't even let you pay for one month. I wanted to do like month to month installments. Oh, okay. And so he was just like, I'm sorry, you got to go to your bank and get a void check to do the bank, um, to do the month to month thing. And then if you email it to this email address, then we can put it forward through, like put it through for you. And oh, I, he, I was like, okay. And then I got off the phone and I was just like, Ah! Oh, and I just no. had like a full-on meltdown. I just, just had like tears. Yeah, oh, I was just no. like. And then after I was like, "Why am I crying about this? This is not a big deal." <laughs> my like car I, insurance. Yeah, my car is very emotional. Uh, I was so upset. And then I got to work, and I was like, "Julie, you need to relax. Like this is this is fine. You're fine. There's nothing wrong." And right. anyways, my car insurance is now back on my car. Okay. <laughs> But that's what I mean. I feel like everyone is just one little straw away from like losing it. Yeah. 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 That's fair. I totally understand that. Uh, It's weird to like live in this like world of anxiety where you're just like constantly at this high level of anxiety. Yeah. Especially I can't imagine being an emerge. Like I haven't been there since COVID started, but yeah, I can't imagine it being calm almost is worse because Mm -hmm. you're anticipating 
this like onslaught of people coming in. Totally. And it could happen at any moment. Like it's like yeah. this pre-PTSD situation where you're yeah. waiting for it to happen. That's exactly which, how it feels. Yeah, it's it like be really tough. Know, yeah. This is such a silly comparison. You know how in Lord of the Rings <laughs> Pippin is talking yes. to Gandalf and he's like waiting on the edge of a battle is the worst part. <laughs> That's how it feels. We're like waiting on the edge. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, I love the comparison. Uh, I love where we're going with this. I love how nerdy this sounds. Excellent. Uh, I uh, that comparison just came to my mind because I literally just watched all three movies. Oh, nice. The other day. <laughs> nice. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that this is this is a pretty crazy time that we are living in. And yeah. car insurance that would have melted me down too. I think I would have been. Like, oh, yeah. Especially when you have to go through so much to get it back. It's not just like calling in and being like, hey, no, re-up my insurance. It was yeah. a much bigger deal. And it was like Tetris because my bank was closed. So then I had to go to a different bank right. and then they had different hours. And it was just, it, I mean, it really wasn't that inconvenient. It was still fine. But just the normal process was different because of how... Um, things are operating right now. Yeah, you can't just yeah. walk into your bank. No. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are feeling kind of the similar way that we are feeling about yes. this. So maybe let's get away from COVID for a second and talk about this episode. Yeah, definitely. Let's yeah. do it. All right. I'm excited to hear. Um, so today we're going to be discussing season one, episode three. It's titled Going Home. It aired on September 29th, 1994. Uh, it was written by Lydia Woodward and directed by Mark Tinker. And now for our next segment, Melissa's Fun Facts. Woohoo! Uh-huh. All right. Okay, so my fun fact of the day, uh, that's just a general fact about the show, is about George Clooney. So he had a really sneaky method for remembering his lines <laughs> because the medical terminology got pretty extensive. He had a hard time memorizing some of the words and some of the lines. So he would often write words and lines on props or on clipboards no way. that he had yeah on the sides of beds oh, like cool. he <laughs> so you often see george looking down and it's so funny oh. now that i know that when you watch the episodes watch for him um, especially when he's at a patient's bedside, he's always looking down. Oh my God. Like he's always looking down at something, which is, he is reading the line. That is so, <laughs> oh, I can't wait to, I'm going to really look out fun. for that. That's yeah. So You've got to look out Classic for it. He George. does it quite well. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently he has done it with some movies now too, but they, it all started with ER. He does that. That's hilarious. Uh, to help him remember complicated And he can get things. away with it because of who he is as a person. Totally. Totally. Because we know him so well. Well, but and he's such a great great actor yeah that it doesn't you don't notice it's not like yeah. oh is he reading his lines you just are like oh george he's just looking <laughs> down and you know oh, so, so good yeah I like that. um he'd often do it on clipboards so he's often looking at like a clipboard kind of chart and reading his and lines. he would oh he would put his lines on the clipboard that's yeah. a really great strategy this makes sense seems very really obvious. really good strategy yeah like very. that's what doctors do like they're often looking at a chart totally or nurses are often looking at a chart yeah what a genius way to remember uh-huh. good call george good, good call. call yeah I'm so that's that. my fun fact of the day i'm gonna try to ration them because yeah we're gonna, I'm run, gonna out. run out of facts guys <laughs> it's just gonna happen i'm already stretched for some facts so just 
just won an episode. Won an episode. That's all you get. <laughs> Although there is some really interesting trivia in this episode, so I'm excited about it. Oh, okay, good. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the opening scene is Carol preparing for her first day back in the ER. And her mom is quite worried about her return. Mm. She like lays out her clothes yeah, and everything. it was really sweet. It was really sweet. You could really sense her anxiety going for in for her first day back. Absolutely. After this. And I can't yeah. even imagine how much anxiety that would cause. Like, totally. After a suicide attempt. Yeah. To go back to the place where everyone took care of you and like... Yeah. These are your coworkers, but also the peop- the healthcare people that saved your life. Like, yeah. I don't know. It'd be a lot. It would be a lot. It'd be a lot. Heavy feeling. Yeah, absolutely. But and it's only been two months since her, since her attempt. So that's yeah. pretty quick. Very quick. Right. Yeah. To go back. I don't know. I know. Yeah. And I yeah things have changed so much now. Um, God, I, I don't really know what it was like in the 90s in terms of like self-care and taking care of your mental health, but now it's like a huge part of our practice and really in- reinforced by management, I feel, too, a right. lot of the time. So, or at least by our colleagues, everybody's very mental health proponents. Right. Is that, and so is that the right of... word? Proponent? Mental health? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay. Proponent? Proponent? Sounds right to me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go with it. Um, yeah, I think it, it would be your... That's a good point that... In the 90s, it might be a very different situation. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because mental health wasn't as prevalent or as spoken about. And, spoken about, yeah, for sure. Yeah, people so. didn't really talk about it as much. Yeah, absolutely. Even now, it's still, people don't, it's still a, a subject that's um, maybe touchy. Yeah, a little bit taboo but, to talk about. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Getting better um, all the time, but yeah. Yeah, it was interesting to see her kind of get ready. And on a more superficial note, why do the nurses wear pink? I don't know. It's a really terrible yeah. pink too. It's not like a solid color. It's like a pastel-y kind of pastel pink. pink. <laughs> it is. awful. Yeah, and also, if you get sprayed with anything, that's oh, showing up. Totally. That is showing up on your scrubs. Totally. You have to change every time. Yeah. Gets, yeah. I mean, I would hope that I guess you are, but yeah, like if your pen explodes in your pocket, that is not going to look good. No. <laughs> like, or I if just... you get any kind of body fluids on you. Absolutely. Blood, that's going to show up. Absolutely. Although our scrubs used to be dark blue. Now they're light blue. I don't know. But they wear PPE in the OR with the scrubs that we have now. So I guess it's covered. Yeah. So I guess get that, that's true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. The baby pink. Ugh. It Bad was, choice. It's a terrible choice. Not the right um, color. Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't know, vaguely sexist. Absolutely oh, it right? is. Like, does Malik... Nurses wear pink. Does Malik wear pink? I never noticed this before. He but does. He's, does he wear pink? Yeah, yeah like, he does. that's... I'm sorry, Malik. <laughs> like, why did we but, make you do that? But Malik rocks that color. He does. That's true. He looks that's great true. in it. He does rock it. Yeah. yeah. He is an excellent male nurse. Uh, he is. Yeah. Very good. I also <laughs> just love Carol. In the beginning scenes where she's like getting, where she's getting ready and then gets to the hospital and she's like seeing everybody and joking around, you yes. know, when she sees everyone and she was just like, I've got a large order with barbiturates. And I was like, Carol, you're the best. Yeah. Just, I liked that a lot. Yeah. And everybody's so happy to see her and like, isn't awkward about her coming back. Right. I think sometimes 
like around that subject, people are really fearful of even mentioning it or talking about it at all or asking people how they're doing. But everybody throughout the episode was so welcoming and like, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? How's your first day back? Absolutely. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that something to be said about emergency staff yeah. is that we deal with life and death and horrible situations all the time. Yeah. That we're maybe a little bit more open to be like to talk about things or to be there for the joke of it all too. Yeah. Like, I mean, she makes a few jokes about suicide totally, and they definitely could be off putting if you were in like an office setting or something like that. Yeah. But I feel like because of the relationships that she has with everybody and for whatever reason, like dealing with like more complicated or stressful situations. Yeah. It's more of a family in Emerge that like, yeah you make these great bonds with people, right? That I think that other workplaces maybe don't experience. Absolutely. And so, yeah, so it makes it kind of nice that she's able to just like go back in there, talk openly about her suicide attempt and, Mm -hmm. you know, and make jokes about it. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. she's unloading a huge box of barbiturates. Like that was great, (laughs) right? Like, and then it just normalizes it a bit for everyone. Yeah, And then if she needed help, it would be easier to talk to somebody about. Totally. Right. And there's even that um, part where she's talking to Dr. Morgenstern. He's like in the hallway and he's like, Carol, I want to talk to you. And he's like, how are you doing? And she's like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like whatever. For spe-. He's like, no, it is a big deal. Yes. It's a really big deal that you're back and you're here. And he was just so supportive of her. Totally. So good. Totally. And yeah, then, Dr. Green yeah. too at one point yeah. talks to her about it and he's so supportive. Like it was really well done. I loved how the episode yeah. handled it, right? They didn't just brush over it. They dealt with the situation. They dealt with her mental health and like, yeah. and everybody kind of coming back to support her. It was really mm-hmm. well done. I, I really enjoyed it. it. Me too. Yeah. And I liked that it wasn't avoided as, you know, I don't know if they could in the show avoid it, but I like that they demonstrated that it's okay to talk about those things. I really enjoyed um, it. Me too. And I also just like how George it's like, be sensitive, be sensitive. Yes, and George yeah. is going around, like, behind yeah. her back, telling people to be sensitive. But he's not actually talking to her. He's, like, the yeah, only he's one that's not talking to her directly. Totally. But he's telling everybody else to be sensitive. Yeah. yeah. I like how he's in the room, and he's like, what, what was that nurse's name? He was in the room with the baby. We'll probably get there, but he's in the room with, with the baby who's unwell, and then... He says to the nurse, oh, and just make sure. And she's like, that I should be sensitive. (laughs) Yes. And he's like, okay. Yes. Okay, bye. (laughs) Yeah, that's Connie. Connie. Nurse Connie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love it. Yeah, she's just like, "Uh, yeah, Yeah. we get it. We We get get it. it. (laughs) We know how to handle it. It's going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, So then we're brought to back to exam room eight again, where Dr. Benton is sleeping. And Mm. the lovely um, singing lady, as I'm going to refer to her at the beginning here, Mm -hmm. um, she later is called Madam X by the staff because they don't know her name. Right. But she opens up the door and wakes Dr. Benton by singing Frank Sinatra's Nice and Easy. (laughs) Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind being woken up that way either i agree she he has a wonderful to... voice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and this is where the trivia comes in for the episode so i don't know if you noticed so no. that lady is rosemary clooney is george clooney's aunt stop it yeah and like very famous singer what yeah she's <laughs> yeah. a famous singer yeah she is she's like a frank sinatra e kind of 
music. Oh my god. Um, I don't know if she's like usually like a typical like jazz singer. Oh, I'm a terrible person who didn't look this up. I had no idea. Um, but yeah, Rosemary Clooney, very famous, very famous. Um, Jeez. and yeah, George Clooney's aunt. So wow. That is her. That's pretty cool. And later she sings one of her songs in the episode. Aww. So I loved her through the episode. She was yeah, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. She definitely was one of the best she parts. She was so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> um, Dr. Benton was not excited, though. No. Um, and then Man. has to kind of try to figure out where she's, yeah, who she's she just belongs like, to. Where, who's this patient? Where is she going? Right. And he just asks everyone else instead of just figuring, figuring it, out. it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or I love how he asks Lydia and Lydia's like, I don't know, but I could name that too. Yeah. Lydia is still like by far my favorite nurse. Oh, me too. Yeah. I love the sass. So next we have a gunshot wound is on its way. Dr. Mm. Green snaps into action. Uh, and then he is told that there's also a chest pain patient coming in, which is interesting. I thought that medics would patch in for a chest pain. Like yeah. he's not in cardiac arrest. At first, that's what I thought was going to happen. But yeah, he's that is fairly odd. stable. Um, but anyway, yeah, they, they patched in about that. So um, Jerry that- tells Dr. Green. And then when they so when the gunshot wound comes in, I thought it was interesting how. Dr. Green said, find out how much O negative we have around. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. call the blood bank and see how much we have. Just laying around. Yeah, but I just like, <laughs> I, in my, like to me, I was like, oh my God, like they don't really have any blood. Oh, that's a good point. They have to be really careful about how much they use that's for trauma. That's a really good point. Like how much total do we have? So yeah. how much can we use? Oh, yeah. I didn't think about it that way, but that's a really good point. Because they're county hospital. They might be super short on right. resources. Right, right. Because, yeah. like, maybe they don't have a massive transfusion yeah. protocol like we yeah. do. Where, like, you can just, would you bring in the yeah the box. Which right? made like, me feel so privileged that we, we don't think about, like, we do in some ways. Like, they're really restrictive on when we use blood. We don't just use it willy-nilly. Right. But if we had a trauma or a GI bleed or something come in, we would not worry about how much blood we're using. Right. We would just throw we it just up. just do whatever we could to, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. That he needs to kind of figure out the resources and then use them appropriately or, yeah, you know, exactly not overuse if mm-hmm. it's not going to be effective. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I like the conversation because when, when Dr. Green at the beginning, he's talking to Carol and he was like, well, hopefully it's just going to be a day of like sad teens and like, you know, normal patients that are coming into the department. Yes. And then I was just like, oh, you just jinxed it. Like, of course... There's going to be something else that comes in now, dude. Yeah. How dare you? I also thought that he said that on a, like, oh, it's just Monday. It's just going to be some sick kids who don't want to go to school and some weekend partiers that are still sick. And I was like, Like, Monday. As if. Monday's the worst day. Like, are you kidding? So true. They're the worst days. Why are Mondays the best days in this world? Yeah. 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 so weird. (laughs) That's not true. Mondays are extremely busy. They're so busy. So, yeah, yeah, that that kind of took me out of it a little bit because I was like, there is no way. Mondays. Yeah. are a horror. They're <laughs> like, the worst day in a Exactly. Worst day. 
Exactly. I actually have to work a Monday this week. And I'm Ew, like, no. No. <laughs> yeah, you're like disappointed. No. It's something you look at in your schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many Mondays do you have to work? Yeah. And is this a schedule I want to take? Yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> right? It's so like, true. Like, well, this day's going to suck. It's like a serious consideration. Yeah. It is very serious. It's pretty crazy. So, yeah, yeah. that was pretty funny when he was yeah. saying that. I also, um, so when the gunshot wound comes in, so she follows Dr. Green, she goes into the room, and I don't understand the assignments. Because she goes into the trauma bay and then she leaves yes. and goes, they're like, go get something. Or she went to go get something. But then she, Dr. Lewis is like, Carol, I need you. And she's like, okay. And then she just goes over there to another case. And I think it's a, that's the chest pain guy with the right. attack. And yeah. so she's like, okay. And then she goes over there and she's working on that case. And I was like, you just left the trauma and you were helping there. And you, like, I know. Aren't they going to be like, where did Carol go? Yeah. Where the heck is Carol? <laughs> like she was supposed she was to left. get x-ray. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And she's like, can you make sure that x-ray goes to trauma room eight or whatever yeah. room it was? And, and I so, think Timmy was like, yeah, they're on their yeah. way. So like she does follow through with everything she's yeah. told to do. But like, it's super weird. I totally agree with uh-huh. you. Weird to jump from one case to or, like one patient to another. Yeah. And then at one point... She is going to get the pacemaker for yeah. that pa- for and the she goes chest back pain to patient. The trauma. She goes back to the trauma room and she switches roles with Malik. Yeah. So she like hands the pacer to Malik and he she's like, take this to Dr. Lewis. Yeah. And so he leaves whatever he was doing at the trauma oh, it's patient. So weird. Yeah, and leaves and then she takes over. That's so weird. Like continuity, terrible. Terrible continuity. Right? Like, just, just floating stick from with place one to place. Patient, right? Yeah. You work on one of them. Malik will work on the other one. Yeah. Like, I just don't know stay why. where you are. Yeah. Stay where you are it's like adding to the confusion yeah. <laughs> like, i totally agree i've definitely yeah. noticed that then she has to catch herself up like okay what have you done did you put in a chest too did you well i guess right. she would see that but totally still and she doesn't change her ppe from going yeah. back and forth between so, those patients yeah. Yeah. it's not good That's she doesn't change her gloves she doesn't change her gown <laughs> like nothing. absolutely nothing changes yeah so yeah not ideal not ideal I, I mean, she got so every funny. task done that was she, asked, for but sure. yeah. it was in a very inefficient way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree. Um, and then with that chest pain patient, did you notice the... So that patient went through a bunch of different things between like VTAC and then yeah. I, they end up like getting the rhythm back and then notice ST elevation and then she gives TPA. Right. Like right, right, it's right. quite a process um, of a bunch of changing things, which actually from what I saw, seemed fairly realistic. Like, totally. I didn't. The medications uh-huh. were correct, I, I thought. I and, so like, the progression of what happened seemed really realistic to me. Yeah. So I was really impressed by that whole kind of sequence of events. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I know what you're going to say. These red <laughs> yeah. bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's, like, these red bubbly kind of sticking up equipment that yeah. are on his chest... And they look like the placement of an of ECG leads. Yeah. So it looks like maybe that's what's happening, but I think it's the pacer. So it is. Okay. And I just, I was like, transcutaneous pacers have come a long way. It's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> just like, okay. uh, But like, how does that even work? Like, are you sending a current through like multiple leads? I have no idea. Because it was just like... 
They look like little suction cups. It does look like little suction that cups. That are just stuck to his chest. And they were like, there was probably like five or six of them. And they yeah. were all along where you would put ECG leads. Yeah. So uh-huh. I was like, maybe this is just like a weird long-term ECG kind of monitor system. Uh-huh. But then there was like a nurse like adjusting them too, like constantly adjusting them. And I was like, what? So What weird. is going on there? So then I was yeah. like, maybe they're just not getting a good reading. But then it dawned on me. I was like, maybe that's the pacer. Like, I think it was the pacer. That is so just weird. Dated, dated technology. Super dated. I tried to look it up and I could Couldn't not find, find a pacer that looked like that. So Because uh, they didn't have the, the pads then. Now we do. Right. Which is how we pace people. Right. They just use the paddles. So they would have had a different way to uh, transcutaneously pace. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was weird. It was so weird. It was really weird. They, looked, they so... looked not secure. No. Yeah. It was Could you, You'd lose capture all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I just, I'm so curious how the electricity runs through these multiple leads. Like, yeah. Typically we would have those pads, just two pads where the electricity is going from one pad to the other. Uh-huh. So I just, I don't understand how that would work, but me neither. That was pretty wild. That was weird. Yeah. 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 It was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, And then Dr. Lewis gets a little. Can we also talk about how um, Dr. Lewis has burn netting to use as a hair tie? I did not notice this. (laughs) And I noticed it in a few of the nurses. They all use burn netting to uh, like tie their hair up. Oh my gosh. That's you're hilarious. Notice it. And I've noticed yeah. it in every episode that she's got this in. Huh. And at first I was like, is that a scrunchie? Like, does she have, what does she have in her hair? And it's definitely burn netting. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know how burn netting would work very well for it. Like, because yeah. you have to like tie it in a knot. It's not like, you'd have to, it's not like elastic no, where you could like. You, you, so where you would normally put your hand through or whatever, oh, okay. you scrunch that down and then use it as a hair tie. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it maybe would work like an elastic. I think it would work of. well, actually. Yeah. I'm going to oh. use that. I'm intrigued to see how I'm that gonna... would work. Yeah. Yeah. I might hmm. try it one of these days if I ever forget a hair tie. I do as a replacement hair tie if I need one. Yeah. Is I take the ears, the elastic ears off of a mask. And if you take oh. both of those ears, because they're like elasticy, yeah, and they tie you tie them together with two of them because they're not very strong. So like you right. have to do two ears, like from one mask, right? Uh-huh. You rip them off and then tie them into a elastic. They work really well as a hair tie. Oh, that's good. To and know. it doesn't catch your hair because they're soft. Yeah. So yeah, it works really well. I, oh. I do do that, but bird net is an interesting choice yeah i'm so intrigued to watch for that now yeah they must have, like a nurse must have told them that like must that have. they do that and then they like all decided to just it's do an it. interesting touch just yeah. like a thing that you don't notice because well, sometimes you forget your hair tie and you need to tie up your hair mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what are you gonna do i use the mask ears <laughs> the mask um, ears. <laughs> and i think somebody told me to do that a while ago and it works really well but bird net is an interesting choice. I never would have thought of that. Yeah, me neither. I it's a bit like, slippery. I feel like it would just slide out. But yeah, I don't know if it'd be very strong. Would probably be my concern. Be. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. But creative. Maybe more like a scrunchie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Interesting. Very, that is very creative of them. That is very creative. I like mm-hmm. it. A little bit of like realistic 
medical culture. Yeah, that like, you know, we needed a hair tie. What supplies do we have? Oh, burn it. (laughs) That'll work. Uh, It's pretty great. It is good. So Dr. Lewis with that chest pain patient, um, the cardiologist arrives and he is a little grumpy that uh, she used TPA instead of doing an angiogram. Like this part really bothered me. I agree. She did the least invasive thing Mm -hmm. that she could and it was her patient, so she could yeah. do whatever she wants. And he wasn't like, available. Exactly. If he was there and she was, like, arguing with him, then sure, then maybe he's like, you know what, I'm the cardiologist, I can make the call. Yeah. But she'd already, like, he wasn't there. Yeah. This was her patient. And she made the call. And like, he, he was having a STEMI. She had to do something. Exactly. She couldn't just sit on him. I mean, like, if she had access to an angiogram... Maybe she should have done that, but like, yeah, it, especially if it's accessible within that hospital, it's kind of funny that she didn't. Yeah, that that is weird. But that was her choice. She's yeah. the physician, and these doctors are also thinking about the cost. So not only are they trying to save their lives, that's a good point. But they're also thinking, can this patient even afford the angiogram? So she's thinking, what's the least invasive thing for the least uh, amount? That will save him. Right. And so when they were like, so she made a good point because she said, I wasn't going to subject him to a $10,000 procedure. Right. Why, why do that? That's when, a good point. When yeah. like this drug is maybe a couple thousand dollars or yeah. whatever it is yeah. in the difference. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that because that's just not something that we in Canada think about We don't think often. about that. Yeah. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's a really good point that he's going to, it's probably going to end up the same in the same situation where it's effective either way yeah and so maybe if we save him a few thousand dollars that might mm-hmm. help him financially in the future totally. yeah it's a really good point yeah really good point point. and then i yeah. i um she speaks with dr, dr. later Morgenstern. dr morganstern he's like oh this is a really great teaching opportunity right but when they're in that teaching session he basically says oh so the tpa did work and the cardiologist was like well yes yeah. And I was like, why'd you give her a hard time then, dude? Exactly. Chill out. Well, and I found that teaching session all around was just really hostile. So like, hostile. Everyone was just basically attacking her, even yeah. though it's supposed to be this teaching session where well, like they're supposed to be learning they from the case. Yeah. I didn't find that they attacked her. They were more just like, yeah, I would have done the angiogram. But she's like, well, and then she, well, she didn't bring it up in the session, but in, she gave great rationale as to why she didn't do that. I agree. And she made a good point. Like, they're all surgeons. They all want to cut... Not That surgeons definitely always want to cut people open if it's not necessary to. Right. But she's like, they're all happy to do that. And I was thinking about his financial situation. Right. I right. thought that was super yeah. thoughtful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was kind of interesting. Like, And kind of interesting that they would do a presentation on a case same day. Yeah. Seems like a lot. Like, if I was a resident, uh-huh. you're already, like, stressed, trying to, like, save these people's lives and, like, do all of this work, and it's really busy. And then for, like, the chief to be like, hey, you're going to present that case from this morning. Yeah. This afternoon. Like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> like, in front of all the surgeons and, like, residents. And, yeah. Like, that was a lot. I don't know. It was a lot. It was really Maybe it's normal, though. Because they have to do rounds all the time. I guess that's true. But, like, to present it in front of a bunch of doctors instead of just, like, I don't know, in your normal, like, with your attending talking about situations. It's pretty intimidating to sit there. Especially when you've just been told that you screwed up. 
Right. When you've been told, like, this is what they needed and you did the wrong thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know how therapeutic that learning experience was. Yeah. And that room was very poorly lit. It was a little (laughs) bit There was not a lot of lighting. Yeah. (laughs) I think they could have spent a little bit more money on lighting in that scene. (laughs) Someone get the lights, please. Right. Can we just turn them on? Do we talk about patients in the dark? Like, it's a little weird. It's a bit more. Yeah. The lighting adds to the mood, Melissa. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Dr. Carter is walking with now what who we call Madam X, the singing lady. Yeah. Um, or Rosemary Clooney. I love their relationship, Dr. Carter and Madam Max. It's so cute. It's so So cute. cute. Yeah. This time with Dr. Carter, she is singing Route 66 by Chuck Berry. Oh, I had to try to figure out which songs these were, and it was a fun little experiment for me. <laughs> um, and yeah, they're just walking, and Dr. Carter is clearly irritated by this woman and yeah. just like doesn't know what to do. He's too nice. <laughs> I just I want to point out every Madam X encounter because she's wonderful. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, all right, I'm into that. And then Dr. Green sees a battered woman um, who doesn't speak any English and her son is translating. Dr. Green talks to the son to try to get the real story from him. He is eventually successful in that. Mm -hmm. um, But that was such a sad case because I feel so badly for this son who is like, yeah, he's the only point of English to communicate with the mother. So it's not like they could be communicating directly with her to try to get her to tell her story. Mm-hmm. Just puts this poor child in a really awkward situation. Yeah. I think. Super awkward. I don't know. It's a really <clears throat> tough one. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was really sad to see. But then he eventually does disclose that his dad hit right. her. Right. But, yeah. But yeah. It, it yeah, sad. it was really tough. It's like, that's really tough with the, that kind of population where the kids are the translators yeah. Because, like, how do you... This is a super adult situation that you need to be able to directly communicate with the adults there. Yeah. Now we have, like, a translation line that we can call and utilize. But even then, it would be really difficult in this situation to be trying to use a phone translator yeah. to talk to people about a really heavy conversation that they're not very open to talking about. So, yeah, I don't know. I, it's just really terrible for the son. I felt really bad for him. It really was a great comment when one of the nurses said, that's the oldest kid I've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> oh, I know. That was heartbreaking. Uh-huh. Right. Well, and it has to like lead a lot of the time, like lead the family because yeah. the family doesn't speak or the parents don't speak English. Uh-huh. And like we later find out that his dad does, but his dad clearly is not a great role model or supportive and so yeah like this poor kid is kind of stuck having to like lead the family and answer a lot of the questions like my dad is very similar Mm -hmm. he's korean and he they came when he was seven they came to canada when he was seven and so he often was translating information kind of back and forth for his parents and for his like aunts and uncles too Mm -hmm. like you grow up pretty fast having to do that Mm -hmm. and like having to be that adult basically in the family because you're the only one that can talk to like the bank like you have to be that person that's communicating back and forth right so you have to grow up pretty quickly yeah and then with an abuse situation on top of that like that's that's pretty tough for this kid all right so Mm -hmm. dr ross asks carol to lunch and is interrupted by the beautiful john uh, taglieri so carol's dating someone 
Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Um, she keeps her personal life very private. She does, indeed. Yeah, it seemed like she was just coming out of a relationship with Dr. Ross, but like maybe that was a while ago. Yeah, I want to say it was a couple years ago. Was it? That's okay. my... Is I don't that know where I am getting that from. They might have said that, and I maybe. just have, I don't have that specific knowledge. But there's still memorized. so much tension between them. That's why it feels so recent. Totally it does. Yeah. yeah. So this John, or Dr. Teglieri... He's very, tall and very cute. Yeah. And he's like, hey, Carol. Oh, hey, Dr. Ross. <laughs> Let's <laughs> yeah, go to lunch. Up? Yeah. <laughs> and I also like how... Dr. Ross is like, we should go to the cafeteria because it's healthy. It's not bad now. And then oh. Dr. What's like a Teglieri. Teglieri is like, let's not go to the cafeteria. They don't have any burgers and fries. Bullshit. <laughs> like, not good yeah, food. You can't go there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't pick up on that, but that's pretty great. <laughs> so <laughs> Dr. Ross is like, damn. One upped again. <laughs> One up. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And do we find out, did you notice who Dr., like what specialty Dr. Teglieri is? No, they okay. said it, but I, I couldn't did quite they say catch it? it. Okay. Yeah. I didn't catch where he fits into this whole little puzzle of the hospital. So he's just tall and handsome. Um, he taller than Dr. Us. He is taller, a lot taller, a lot taller. Yeah. So yeah, Carol has to do, has to look up. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's talking to him. So. Absolutely. So, so yeah, so it's going to be an interesting. Now yeah. we've got a little bit of a triangle developing with them. So I think it's going to be yeah. a fun, fun and interesting to see how this goes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like this Doctor Teglieri is going to be a one-off. I don't think he's going to show up again. You don't think so? No. He's going to be gone? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I don't think we're going to see him And you know what? I honestly don't know if we see him again. I don't remember. Because I was surprised when I watched this episode because I didn't remember him. Yeah. So maybe you're right? I just think it's going to be Dr. Carter and Dr. Ross fighting for Carol. That's just... All right. That's the predictions. That's what I'm thinking. Holding strong. Whether it's actually... Yeah. (laughs) I like it. Uh, I have no reason... No, I do have reasons to think that, but I'm just... I'm just shipping them. Okay. Shipping the triangle. So then Dr. Ross starts to see... Well, he has seen this patient, but he's now doing further tests on a child with a fever, Mm. um, and his dad is there, and they They've done some tests. Things have come back normal. Not sure why this kid has a fever. And he decides to do a lumbar puncture, which may or may not be a good option. I, I don't know. Um, and yeah, uh, when he mentions this to the dad, the dad full on face. Like, he just like planks forward. Yeah, face plant into <laughs> oh, the ground. Man. And he is not a small man. Like, he's a large, very tall man. And he yes. just goes down. <laughs> and they just let him. Like, yeah. they just like watch him completely face plant. <laughs> Shoulder shrug. Yeah. <laughs> Pick them up. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Oh, it was so um, good. Have you ever seen a patient or visitor full on faint yes. like that? Yes. Okay, tell me. Well, okay, no, sorry. Not that dramatic. But Okay, well, oh my God, clearly I, not that dramatic. I had this couple once and the gentleman needed blood work done and an IV. And he was just like, I'm really not good with IVs. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, we'll get you onto a stretcher. We'll lay you down. And his girlfriend is like sitting at the bedside. I asked if she was okay with needles and she was like, yeah, yeah, like I'm all good. And I was like, okay, cool. Oh, no. And then... <laughs> And then I started doing the blood work and I was like, Kate, here it comes. And I poked him and then he starts vagling and he's like, oh, and he's laying down and I put him in, um, reverse term Dellenberg so that he wouldn't pass out. And he was like, this is the worst. He's like, I want to faint, but I can't. And he's just like screaming. <laughs> and then his girlfriend goes like, oh, I don't feel well. And I was like, no, no. And then she's like, I don't know what to do. She's like, oh, I don't feel good. And they're both like, uh, uh, uh. and they're both <laughs> no. like gray. And I was like, ah, like, <laughs> 
down. You lay down. <laughs> lay down beside him. So she just like slowly stretcher. lowered herself to the floor. And I was like, fuck. And I was like, that floor is so disgusting. It was it was hilarious. Oh man, they both went. They both went. Oh, and that's yeah, brutal. She, she didn't face plant into the floor, but she had she, to lower herself mm. down. <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. And I'm like, I'm got, I've am got, i got, like, my hand on the cannula, and I'm, like, doing blood work, and so I'm like, help! <laughs> yeah. Somebody get in here. I can't help yeah. the visitor. <laughs> I can barely help the patient. Yeah. <laughs> oh, god. Oh, it was so funny. Oh, that's brutal. Oh, yeah, like, so I've funny. had people faint with, like, IVs, for sure, but never, yeah. like, a visitor like that, I don't think. Yeah. I, yeah. I was trying to think about it when I was watching this, and I don't, I can't recall a time I've had a visitor <laughs> faint, so that, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. they're both going they down. They're both going down. Of it. That's so oh, funny. man. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's they hilarious. Up, everyone else pulled up a stretcher for her, and then she was a patient in the next room. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, jeez. Brutal. Brutal. All right. So Dr. Benton and Dr. Carter go up to the helicopter pad to receive a patient, mm-hmm. um, and Dr. Carter is, he does not do a good job here. Okay. I feel like I want to stand up for Dr. Carter okay, in this situation. Go. Because... <laughs> Like, they go up to the helicopter pad, and he's just kind of thrown into this thing, which is fine. That's normal. And I'm sure in, as a med student, you get thrown into things. But then the medic is basically talking only to Dr. Benton and into Dr. Benton's ear because the helicopter is so loud. And so Dr. Carter can't even hear any of it, even if you tried to right. hear it. And so then they're, like, bringing the stretcher through, and Dr. Benton is so... I felt like this episode, he was such a buzzkill all the time it was just like chill out dude like give people a chance and anyway so dr carter is like trying to listen they pull him in and then he's like okay give report and he's like "Ah, 16 year old girl drowning drowning and he doesn't know and then of course he doesn't know because he couldn't hear any of it i also thought like systemically this made no sense like the way that it's set up is just ridiculous like we would never be giving report with a loud helicopter outside as we're rushing a patient in absolutely not get the patient in because you're not gonna do anything active while you're moving exactly you're not gonna treat anything while you're moving at least wait to the hallway If you're going to, like, say it in the hallway, then sure. Totally. Or in the elevator when they have to go down. Like, then yeah. that would be a great time when it's quiet. Ugh. Everyone can hear. A nurse could maybe be charting. Like, exactly. How is a nurse charting what is happening when you're uh. running from a helicopter on a helicopter pad? Like, just so It just dumb. made very little sense. Like, we are... Yeah always trying to improve how we get report from medics and like how that transition goes like, right so that yeah. everybody's on the same page that everybody knows what is happening that like the report is very clear and then that, that it's documented properly mm-hmm. so yeah i just can't imagine them just rolling with this constantly and i'm sure that this is going to be a theme through the whole like 15 seasons of them yeah because it's dramatic right super like, dramatic to like pull them out of the helicopter and have someone screaming a report in someone else's ear yeah 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 so it definitely yeah. gives dramatic effect but i was like this is not fair to dr carter poor guy i i Felt do so bad. i do agree with you yeah yeah and yeah. i uh like when dr benton comes to get him and he's like stop getting to know your patients like you need to just get their medic and i was like, this guy just wants to connect with his people and right. get to know them and, and make like them feel safe with that guy I know. yeah i just i get it i get it it's true but also yeah. Um, like what Dr. Benton is saying is true. You can't always like uh, spend time with your patient 
getting out all of their right. stories about their life. But but I also think that that's where Dr. Benton fails, too, is that he doesn't get yeah. a ton of information. Like, he maybe will miss something because he hasn't been listening to what yeah. the patient's been saying. Totally. I would expect that maybe in the future there's an issue like that. Yeah. That occurs, Ooh. right? Predictions with but, Melissa. Oh, predictions. <laughs> uh, mini predictions. <laughs> um, all right. I have a part about Miss uh, Parker or Packer. Packer with yeah. leukemia. Yes, I have wrote that down. Okay, she from Mrs. Doubtfire. She's a social worker that comes to their house. Oh, mm-hmm. I did not notice that. Yeah, but now that you say that, I totally can see it. I think she is fairly famous. Like, I'm, she is. I would say that I've seen her like in a few different things, but I can't quite pinpoint all of those things. And I would not but know her name, good. but I recognize her. I also mm-hmm. wrote down that she was in Harriet the Spy, but oh, I can't she? remember what her character was. And I don't even know. She might not even be in that movie, but that was my first. Um, I loved Harriet the Spy. When so I did I. Kid. I watched it all the time a lot like yeah. i made my mom get me a microscope or a microscope of a magnifying, magnifying glass magnifying glass oh totally because i just wanted one so Same. bad and like i just well, loved harriet the spy oh she was watch that yeah, sometime it's such a good movie a streaming service or something to oh watch. the 90s i'm pretty sure that was in the 90s that that movie was made or was it 2000 i don't know great yeah, movie wonderful movie yeah oh yes so good but yeah um, she was for sure in mrs doubtfire and okay I also really liked her storyline. I did too. It was mm-hmm. really sweet how she was, she had just like a really great outlook on like life and death. But I, I also, it makes you think, cause whenever patients come in that have cancer, um, I just always feel so bad because they spend so much time in the system and they don't want to be there. Right. They would rather be at home because they're always in hospital. They're always talking to doctors. They're They've got so much information being thrown at them. So her decision makes complete sense to me that she doesn't want to be admitted because she's like, I don't want to be here. Right. I want to be at home. Right. And they just want to do a blood transfusion with her and she ends up having to do it because she faints as she's trying to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, But she does say something that is like kind of really resonated with me is she was like, life might be giving up on me, but... I'm not giving up on it. Yeah. Which was really like lovely. She that just wanted nice. to go to her granddaughter's christening. And I just yeah. thought that was really special. I thought it was too. Yeah. Just a really great outlook uh-huh. for someone who is in a terrible situation. Yeah. I also put that I loved when George was holding that baby that was sick. The one with the lumbar puncture. That was yes. the next note that I had here. And I don't know, just like my ovaries sing every time I see a man holding a baby. I'm like, they could be not much to look at. And I'd be like, yeah, let's get married. Yeah, I'm fine with that. You're holding a baby? Cool. (laughs) Well, and Carol sees it. It's just like such a sweet Uh, moment. Yeah. So such a great moment. Love them. Uh, um, So Dr. Carter's love interest slash stalker. Who we oh, <laughs> I wrote, oh, this bitch, get out of here. <laughs> she returns, and we find yeah. out her name in this episode. It's Liz. Whatever, Liz. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she does give a fake name of Proserpina, I think, who is the goddess of fertility. Oh, uh, she's like a Roman no. goddess. Oh, but yeah, she gives a fake name to Jerry and gives this whole long explanation about uh, this Roman goddess. 
Um, <laughs> and Jerry just leans over to Carol and he's like, you could have missed all of this. Like, <laughs> it was so great. I just thought that that moment was just so indicative of an emergency room staff. Because we're yeah, just like, so true. Uh, are you happy you're here? Because like, look at what we're dealing with today. You know, it was just really great. Um, and like she comes in with breast pain. And she, of course she does. Asks specifically to see Dr. Carter. Um, yeah, uh, and I was kind of thinking, okay, this girl now, Dr. Carter's got to have a handle on how crazy she is, no? Totally. He's got to. But then, he for sure. he's making out with her later. Yeah, because dudes love crazy us. chicks. I guess. They love crazy chicks. This girl, though, is a lot. <laughs> yeah, like, but also... Just a lot. She's a lot. And then they start having sex in the... Um, like in the radio in the X-ray room, like the radiologist room. Yes. And the radiologist walks in. Yes. And he's just like, eh, yeah. not phased. <laughs> yeah, he's like totally. classic med students. Yeah, he says something about like keeping your keeping pelvis the pelvis off, off the floor. The floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so no gross. one should any like under any circumstances, <laughs> no one should be even laying in that floor, let alone having oh. sex on that floor. No, exactly. Oh. It is going to be very unsanitary. For very unsanitary. Very unsanitary. Yeah. Anywhere else. Just yeah. please not the floor. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. Yeah, I just can't, I don't understand why Dr. Carter is still, like, attached to this girl. Me neither. It's quite crazy. Um, I do want to make a note of Ivan Gregor Returns. He is a... This is his character name. Mm -hmm. um, he has another gunshot wound now to the leg. He is the <laughs> liquor store owner who was shot in the shoulder last episode. Oh, I didn't even realize returns. it was the same guy. Yeah, like he doesn't even need to say his name. Dr. Benton's like, I know this dude. I treated him last week or whatever. For Man, Chicago is rough. Right? So, But yeah. I guess it's known for that. But yeah. I guess. But yeah, he was the la in the last episode. This was the first time he'd ever been shot. And now he kind of screamed as he was being rolled in that he's like, I think they all think that I'm like a wuss or something now. And yes. So yeah, he's shot again. It's not a big storyline, but I was like, oh my gosh, that guy is back. <laughs> like, what is going on? <laughs> oh man, he needs uh, yeah. security at his place. Totally. Um, there was also the part where I said, I put Dr. Carter, I'm dead, because he was comforting Madam <sighs> Matt or Madam X. X and, yes. uh, and I was like, this is so sweet. And she's singing like, was, did you already mention this? I don't know if nope, you mentioned the song she was singing, but she's singing this really sweet song and she's crying and she's upset. And then he kissed her on the forehead and I was like, MRSA! Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't kiss oh, patients. Don't kiss patients. Ew. It's not a good call. Yeah. Very sweet that you're comforting her. Do not kiss them. Right. Like, you can... <laughs> hugging is, a like, for me, a step too far, but I'm not a big hugger to begin uh, with. Yeah. But, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. kissing is... No, sir. Please don't do please that. Please don't do please that. Please don't do that. But, yeah. Very sweet. I, also, I just love Dr. Carter. Oh, yeah. He is very sweet. And yeah. he just loves his patients. I think that's I think we've great. got to the end. Okay, I wait. The the very end is a party where yes. they celebrate Carol and they put like a pelvic binder on her head. They sure do. <laughs> um, or it's I guess it's not a pelvic binder. It's a C collar. So I thought it's like it was a, a backward C, C collar. 
Oh, it's the back it. of it. The back. Because yeah. I was is that I wasn't sure if it was a collar or if it was a pelvic binder because I couldn't see the front chin part. So I was like, gotcha. oh, it must be a binder then. Yeah. But I okay. watched it a few times to see what it was exactly because I had the same thought. I was like, is that a C collar? Um, and it is a C okay. collar. It's the back is on her the front of her head. Okay. And they've all signed it. It's really cute. They've yeah. got like IV tubing to like put around so her chin. Cute. It's very cute. Um, and then they like, it's just a nice way for them to all like acknowledge that she's back, mm -hmm. that this terrible, like this terrible thing happened to her Yeah. and they like get her to make a speech, which I think was maybe a little more pressure than I would have enjoyed, but I mean, she oh, yeah, does totally. a beautiful job of it yeah. and like thanks them for saving her life and that she's going to treasure that. It was Jeez. really, really sweet. What I a really nice liked moment. It. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. And it just like showed me more about like how emergency staff like you can really share kind of your fears and insecurities with people yeah at work just because like we all are a little bit more open we're a little bit more like used to dealing with terrible things together yeah so yeah Absolutely. it's like a community which i really huge community yeah and it's everyone a really place to ever leave because of that absolutely yeah it is yeah and i think um um, that's why everyone is so close and everyone really bands together when things happen are so supportive of everybody. It doesn't matter what your role is in the Emerge, people mm -hmm. band together to support each other. One other thing I did want to mention yes. is that the leukemia patient, uh, Mrs. Packer, she yeah. identifies Madame X in the end, which is kind of oh, sweet. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. As Mary Cavanaugh, a famous singer that she oh. and her husband saw in concert a while back. So that was wonderful because then they could find her granddaughter and send her home. And she tells Dr. Carter that she loves him at the end. <laughs> and it was so sweet. It was so sweet. She asked if he could come home with her. That was so sweet. I was oh. like, oh. So cute. Uh, yeah, it was really wonderful. Part. And you probably would have. You'd be like, yeah, sure. Okay, let yeah. me just grab my stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's go. No, Dr. Benton would kill me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Benton's already mad yeah. that I'm too nice to my patients. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so that's the episode. Okay, now for our fan favorite segment, <laughs> Julie's Predictions. Uh, what do you got for us? Um, you know what? I don't have much this episode because every episode is a bit standalone. And so the through stories that happen, I, I think the only storyline that we really had continuing through this one was um, with Dr. Ross and Carol. Right. They are definitely getting back together. Okay. They are definitely You think Dr. Back. Teglieri is yeah, out of Yeah, he's out. I don't okay. think he's going to hang around. Okay. I feel like... Maybe for one or two episodes, he'll hang around to create some tension between Dr. Ross and Carol, like some more tension that she's in a relationship. Gotcha. Um, I think he is not going to hang around very long. And okay. then Dr. Carter's going to get in there at some point. Okay. <laughs> We're still on Dr. Carter. He's yeah. coming. Yeah. He's coming for yeah. Carol. Yeah, he is. <laughs> okay. I love it. Yeah. He's just distracted right now by... By what, what crazy, Liz. crazy Liz. Crazy Liz. Yeah, Liz. Freaking Liz. <laughs> crazy uh, Liz. I wonder how much longer Liz is going to be around for. I don't like, know. I just, I can't believe it's still going on, let alone like. I think it could, uh, so she might not be in the next episode, but maybe we'll come back later. And then I could see her maybe coming back like 
way later mm. a surprise um oh yeah a surprise visit remember me yeah that's and true like, oh, i'm still yeah. stalking you i'm still stalking you <laughs> okay. Ugh, crazy yeah crazy. so that's really all i have for predictions but i'm gonna keep keep oh, thinking about keep thinking the... about what's gonna happen in the remaining season all right i like it we'll see sounds good yeah all right that ends julie's predictions yes it does <laughs> all right and i guess ends the episode does end the episode we're all done yeah so thank you guys for hanging in there through our choppy edits and rough episodes constant <laughs> um, rambling we are learning and yeah. we appreciate your feedback in any way you want to provide it yes um we love to hear from you any Absolutely. anything you have to add to um, commentary on the episode too, we'd love to hear it. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Later. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the episode, guys. This episode is created, edited, and produced by your hosts Melissa and Julie. Music by Chris Yemes. Photography by Ainsley Cardoso Wagner, and photo editing by none other than your hosts Melissa and Julie. You can find us on Instagram at erdebriefedpodcast or now on Twitter at erdebriefed. We post updates with new content on there as much as we can. You can also email us at erdebriefed at gmail.com with comments, questions, suggestions, and more. We try to respond as quickly as possible, and we always appreciate hearing your feedback. Thanks again. Thanks again.